0: hey everybody and welcome to the
1: what is this honey
0: podcast where we will be discussing everything from pop culture to reality tv to true crime documentary to my life and everything in between that makes you scratch your head and ask yourself what is this honey hello everyone welcome back to another episode of what is this honey <laughs> this is your host as always brandon from what is this honey podcast over on instagram i have been loving all my new friends all of my new gullies. please take some time right now just to go ahead and if you're not already following if you're new here trust me you want to follow now click that button Give me a five-star rating because we are diversifying, honey. We have been spending a lot of time focusing on the pop culture sphere, the reality television world here, honey. But I want to open you guys up to all the aspects of my personality and let you know all the things that I've been doing, as have been promised in our promo. Today, we are going to be exploring the secrets of Hillsong on Hulu, there are four episodes to this documentary, and today you'll be listening to episode one. Every week, I will throw out another episode of the Secrets of Hillsong. Now, I'm going to give you guys some of my background, okay? I was raised up in the church, okay? Holy Ghost Field, fire baptized with the evidence of speaking in tongues, laying people out, Honda bibi I Shot. And... I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, under the direction of Anthony L. Jinright at the Greater Salem Church. All I'm going to let you guys know, which started out as the Salem Missionary Baptist Church. I'm going to let you guys get your Google fingers out. And just, yeah. Goo, 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 goo. So I'm just going to let you guys know, I am no stranger to a scandal. In fact, I think that my obsession with scandals was rooted in my childhood trauma of actually being inside one. Okay? But I have a therapist now. I got a therapist. Everything's going to be fine. So, I'm not going to give you guys too much background because we're going to learn about it as the episode progresses. Episode one. Each episode starts with a quote from the Bible. This episode starts with the quote that says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Matthew 23, 12. Tiffany Perez, she's a former member. She starts the documentary. She's recounting her experiences. Several of the old congregants are featured here. She has the dates of when she first attended the church tattooed on her body. If that don't tell you something, this is not just a church, y'all. This is an experience, okay? They were having Sunday services with hundred fifty thousand people because we learn that Hillsong. Because me, as a New Yorker, I was living in New York at the time of the at the very height of Hillsong, and I knew a lot of actors, a lot of Broadway girlies who were really obsessed with Hillsong because it wasn't like church. It's not like church. It's different. Their first space had no windows, no organs, you know, none of the traditional stuff that you think about church, like hymns, you know, all that stuff. Like an old, surly pastor. Now you've got the complete opposite. I mean, this is a celebrity church. The pastor is hanging out with Justin Bieber. Let's talk about the pastor. So, Hillsong was a faction of a global entity that started in Australia, actually, in the outskirts of Sydney. And they have churches, I mean, Boston, New York City, Kansas City. A lot of these churches have now rebranded LOL. But at the time, and there are still Hillsong churches still to this day. There may not be as many, but it's a global thing, right? Think, you know... House of Prayer. Those of y'all who know what the House of Prayer is. It's a Celebrity Church. And at the head of it, we have Carl Lentz. He's the head of the New York City chapter. Okay? Because the founders of the entire Hillsong Church are called... Um, good grief. They're called Brian and Bobby Houston. They founded Hillsong in Australia in 1983. At its root, it is Pentecostal. Okay? And they do not shy away from that. Brian and Bobby... They don't give a fuck. They are fire and brimstone. Okay? She's, she's the example of a modest wife who stands right to the side. So, here at the head of the New York City Church, which is really why the church went, you know, fame. Went famous is
1: because of their hot and sexy preacher Carl Lentz. Right, So in
0: New York in 2020, Dan Adler and Alex Fridge from Vanity Fair are covering a story about this celebrity megachurch where they have this really hot pastor who has tattoos and isn't afraid to say Black Lives Matter, which, why is that so radical? Well, we'll get into the white evangelical part of it. Dan Adler and Alex Fridge, they they realize very soon that this isn't what they think what they're covering isn't what they're gonna find out. It's, it's not what they think it is. And they have several of the congregants coming to speak about Carl at this point. Carl is described as charming, bedazzling, an amazing actor. He could cry on cue. He would look up to the sky, over to his right, and start crying, and then of course, production. Rolls 85 clips of him doing exactly this, that thing. He's described as a rock star who hangs out with the normal people. It's very Jesus complex, right? He's conventionally attractive. He's always wearing the deepest V-neck you could possibly find. He's got a gorgeous wife named Laura. They're a team. They're co-pastors of the Hillsong NYC Church. And Laura is from Australia. She is... The daughter of brian houston's childhood friend someone that he's known since he was 15 years of age and so she's raised up in this church and she's been a part of this it's it's all she knows there's no college degree that's gonna happen you know it's all about this church and they are coming to new york because they're super cool and the, you know, they the, the basically the structure of this documentary is that they have the people from Vanity Fair who are talking about their experiences from start to finish and how everything kind of evolved and changed. And then they have people who used to be members of the church, who were quite fond of the church, who were very active in the way that the church operated and moved day to day. And, you know, a lot of these people are very upset and not because you know, hoodwinked hoodwinked and swindled. It's because they really believed in what they were doing and they felt like there was, you know, an opportunity to correct a lot of this stuff. And one of the congregants is actually, in order to describe who Laura is as a person, she reads a card that she still has from Laura that Laura passed to her in church that says that she, Laura saw her worshiping in church and it was so beautiful and she's so happy that this woman is a part of this movement with her, you know, wouldn't be able to make it possible without her. And this woman describes this note from Laura as gold in the garbage, which is just so fucking crazy because it's like, oh, yeah, there, was st- there were good things as a part of this bullshit. And so then we start to in- get introduced into the bullshit. They give us the whole rundown on Brian and Bobby Houston. They're Australian. They love to speak in tongues, honey. They're very politically motivated, because what you guys have to understand is that in the evangelical church, <laughs> okay, even them going out to these rural areas, right, these, these poorer areas with a lot of black folk, it's all about white supremacy. 80% of white evangelicals in America voted for Donald Trump. 80%. And I can only assume that the other 20% of them are not white. (laughs) So it's kind of genius that this group decided to come to New York. If you are a part of the church, like if you are a part of the mega church vibe, like churches that went from small churches to big, huge churches with television streaming, like if you, you understand that the goal is to get everybody in there, it doesn't matter who they are, and eventually we'll all start to look like we'll all start to think like we'll all start to talk alike. I think I mean it's it's just like a political move, and um, it they started out in a very you know an old theater, and it you know for me, and they called it the Church in the Wild because it was like at the bar the night before, and they had to clean up spew and beer from the thing. It's very it's very like what. For me as a religious, not even a religious, a spiritual person, for me and being raised up in the Christian faith in this type of shit, this is what attracts people to this. We are not hanging out with our granny. It's not 830 in the morning and we're just coming in here to talk about why everybody going to hell. We are coming into a community of people just as they are and we are bonding and we are worshiping together. And there is somewhere for everyone to call home. And they really, really drive that. Welcome home. This is your home. It's mental. That would be appealing to me. Like, oh, we're going to go to church at like Hammerstein Ballroom the night after Horsemeat Disco. <laughs> like, let's do it. Because in my opinion, that is, that is what being Christ-like is. And, you know, that interpretation gets, you know, it's all, listen, y'all got to understand these preachers, they are interpreting the word of God. They, they're telling y'all that they are reading it word for word and they are taking that. No, they're interpreting it through their lens as well. So there's someone called Joel Houston. Joel Houston is Brian and Bobby's son. He was a college student with our beloved Carl Lentz. Carl went to, the, so there are, um, there's a leadership university. In Australia, called Hillsong. It's a Hillsong school. And Carl went chose to go to Australia to go to that school. And that's how he met these people. He met Joel Houston. And Joel, obviously, is the son of Brian. So if you're friends with Joel, the head of the church is probably going to get to know you a little bit. And Brian looked at Carl as a protege. He was a preaching phenom. And they show they're showing clips of Carl as a young eager man. Joel was an entertainment person. Joel
1: was a surfing, Australian, beach blonde, guitar player. And so
0: Carl and Joel were sent to New York. Joel's praise and worship leader, entertainment extraordinaire, and Carl is the preacher. And the music is really a big component of what was drawing these people in. Because I have to admit, the little theater girlies, first of all, they had services all day and all night. So you could go before a show, you could go after your show, you could go on a Tuesday night. Um, And the music was intense. I mean, Hillsong won a Grammy. So let's just say it was not a small deal. So this is how Hillsong released... This church in New York City really came to prominence because, as you know, how these you know in in the in the world that it is, it's like us little reality TV pop culture girlies. We have our little world. We know we can grow you from zero followers to eight thousand. You know, we don't need you. You know, we know who we are. So Hillsong was known around the world in that world. You know what I'm saying? Those people who needed to know knew, but. It really came into prominence in the mainstream because Carl Lentz was being interviewed by Oprah. Carl Lentz was on The View. Carl Lentz was everywhere, baby. And let's just talk about how this is a perfect storm. Instagram launches October 10th, 2010. Hillsong Church starts their account October 17th, 2010. Their headquarters is in the trendy Williamsburg neighborhood of Brooklyn. They have the perfect storm. A hot preacher who's going to the clubs at night to pass out Bibles.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And meet bitches.
0: I don't know if you guys remember the beginning of Instagram, because some of you are (laughs) little babies. But I I was skeptical. And honestly, I wish that I would have been an, an earlier adopter of it, because it really did help for...
1: The um, exposure and the algorithm and blah, 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 blah. This church was at the right place at the right time. It was all
0: meant to be. They were doing all the right things. And I will never forget. So a few years later is when I joined. Because I didn't join Instagram until 2013. And I was on tour and everyone's like, get Instagram, you dumb bitch. And I'll never forget, we were on a layoff, which for you um, non-theater girlies, if you're on a national tour of a Broadway musical, you may have two weeks off, right? You may have three weeks off, depending on if the show is crossing, a, you know, major stretches of land and you know, you can't perform in, in, the, in, the, in the meantime. I'm stuttering. I'm um, Stutter, stutter, stutter. For instance, if you're going from Chicago, to Virginia Beach, you know, and there's no stops in between, you're probably gonna have a week off or, you know, something like that. We had a layoff and we went back to the city because most of us lived there full time. And there was a cast member. I'm not gonna throw her under the bus. Ooh, it's her. And you know, we had our own little church. We would meet between shows on Sundays and we would get together and read scriptures and like really do the thing which really reignited my like love and passion for faith because i realized that it doesn't have to be this like awful oppressive bullshit racist fucking anti-everything that's not it anyway one of my cast members was like oh my god you want to go to church with me I just it just feels so weird that we're not going to church today. Like it's not gonna be us. And like this church my church is so much more fun. And she was talking about Hillsong, and honestly, I expect an apology from you. Sweetie, I know you're listening. <laughs> she couldn't care less. Um They were a huge deal, and it was really appealing to those of us who had turned who you know, those of us who had kind of felt like they turned their back on the religiousness or the church hominess of it, because they had been abused or what have you because there's lots of dirty shit that goes on the church but i'm not here to do all that i'm just here to tell y'all what they was saying on heel song because i find it quite interesting and maybe i do want to say it i can say what the fuck i feel like saying bitch <laughs> but i think when the world really started to understand what Hillsong was was in 2014 carl lentz baptizes justin bieber at some like rich fancy person's house like whatever I don't know if you guys remember, but at this time, Justin Bieber was really going through a lot. Like, he, I think, you know, I don't know if this is what's, what happened, but from the purview of where I was sitting, what I was sitting, but when I was seeing the Lindsay Lohan of it all, the Britney Spears of it all, Justin Bieber was out here acting a motherfucking fool and really needed to have his ass humbled and brought down a peg. And what, I don't know if this was by choice or not, he actually went and lived, you guys, with Carl and Laura Lenz. For a period of time, and um, I mean, listen, he's been he's been on the straight and narrow ever since. <laughs> Justin's life was transformed by his interactions with his family and spending time with Carl, and was definitely eager and willing to get Carl on television and to have dinner with him and have the paparazzi follow them. And Carl was not the average creature. he was wearing black skinny jeans and deep cut cut v-neck shirts and, you know, fabulous East St. Laurel leather jacket, oh, St. Laurent Paris now. And we see a religious historian here who is making a comment, because we've seen this happen before, y'all. This is not nothing new. What's so crazy about it is that they did not come out, pop out hateful, pop out, you know, Jim Baker, pop out telling y'all y'all all all going to hell, they came out saying, oh, we don't even like have an organ. It's a rock concert. Oh, we've got gay people on the thing. Yeah, we just don't talk about it. There's a religious historian who says that growth has always been a part of the religious sector. It's the point of it. It's very capitalistic, yeah? Get as many people in here, get as many people to contribute to the growth. I'm going to throw up air quotes with growth. The financial, because you know these folks ain't paying no damn taxes. Okay? They ain't paying no damn taxes. And that's why a lot of people don't trust mega churches because it's like, okay, you're a mega church. You, why do you need 150,000 congregants? You ain't paying no damn taxes. We can't collect a salary working here. And that's a major theme at Hillsong. Making hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions, no taxes. And of course, every single person who's working there, they're giving their tithe. They're giving their offerings. This church has tiers. They have, they have labels for based on how much money you give. So you can walk around with your like, I gave $5,000 this month pen because I'm rich. And I'm rich because God blesses me. And I can't tell you how devastating it is to be a poor family at a church. And you feel like you cannot be blessed. You cannot be elevated higher because you don't have the money to give. You don't have the, sow- the seed to sow. And a lot of people, but like, well, that's your dumbass fault for giving your last dimes. But these, this is what people believe in their faith and their heart and their soul. I'm not doing it. But I can, I can understand why people have to. I've seen it. I've been in a family where, that's, where it's like, okay, we're going to pay this time and offering instead of the cable bill. Or this or that. And of course, Brian and Bobby Houston have access to a million-dollar account. A million dollar church account. At any moment they can access it. And there's probably like 20 Hillsong entities, right? There's the college, there's cafes, there's there's different, there are different churches, right? Hillsong Boston, Hillsong NYC, Hillsong, wherever the fuck. And Brian and Bobby are charging at this time. per speech that they're going to give at the RNC and at the
1: Trump, at the white house to pray for Trump. And there's no staff. There's no labor laws because everyone's volunteering.
0: And so there's a difference between somebody who pulls up and does the, the check-in, right? I'm going to, I'm going to hold, I'm going to pass out like new member registration forms or somebody who is on the choir, but isn't writing the music. You know these Grammy award-winning musicians was getting paid $180 a week? And they live
1: in Manhattan. Do y'all know the rent in Manhattan is astronomical?
0: It is ridiculous. We lived in a, like, what, 1,100, 1,200-square-foot apartment on 95th and Columbus, that is the same. Was the same amount of rent from my house that I live in Woodstock. That is five bedrooms. Okay, we're not going back and forth about. Well, it's no. God wants you to be to be abundant, to have prosperity. You, when, whenever you're in a situation, and someone is telling you that you have to damn near die for the sake, and, and starve and receive eviction notices for the sake of some higher good, th- that is a lie. While they live in, at the Dakota, while they're living in a doorman building and their children are going to private school over on the Upper East Side, y'all gotta, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, he has given us a spirit of love and power. And a sound mind. And when people talk about Because Carl Lentz really gets, you know, challenged on what the church's stance for, like, LGBTQ issues. Because they have this thing where they say we have a stance on love and conversations about everything else.
1: You know? He gets really challenged on that. And he kind of dances around it.
0: And they dance around the other issues, like there's a congregant that they call Mama Jones, Mother Jones. And several of the volunteers are coming to her and saying, look, I want to be close to the Lord, honey, but I'm not about to lose my, my day job over this. Maybe we can speak to Carl or like, hey, I just got an eviction notice because I've been volunteering too much. Maybe we can speak to Carl and Bobby Houston about an emergency relief fund. And they told Mama Jones, oh, we can't, it's illegal for us to give uh, payments out to our congregants. And she said, that is a lie. She looked those people in the eyes and she said, the lie detector determined that that was a lie. Lie, you're lying. You're lying. You lied. One thing you're not gonna do to a mother, a black mother, is play in her motherfucking face and lie. My mother don't play that. Tiffany. T.D.J., because y'all are used to T.D.J., because I'm used to T.D.J. She don't play that line, but you, you can do anything in the world. But you're not going to do, what you're not going to do, is lie to me. And they just, they dance around, they dance around. One of their congregants, who is in a leadership position, his name is John. He is fabulous. He was, he was a Broadway performer. He was a singer in the church. He gets an opportunity to go on Survivor. And he's never had an issue with the church. According to him, he's had a, a partner who was male. They have both been very active in the church for years. His, you know, how the wives sit in the front row and then when the, when the, the praise team leader come down and the ministers come down to go sit next to the wife, he was sitting in the wives row over there on the second row. So these people knew who it was and the congregant called Carl Lentz and said I have got this great opportunity to go on to survivor. Do you think I like I can I want to be honest about Hillsong because how amazing is it that that this is like this new age way that like we can really spread the love of Christ. And he's like I'm going to talk about it and he goes on he goes on to survivor. And he's talking about Hillsong and he's talking about Brian Houston and Carl Lentz. And um, he is so excited and he's so happy. And quite that, I mean, both of them. Quite lovely to look at. And they have swimsuits on survivor. As soon as that comes out, of course, there's all of this press about it because it's like, wow, look at this church, look at this church who's never made a statement on LGBTQ issues, who's never made a statement on their political stance. And what does Brian Houston do in two days? Says that he's never seen this person. He's never met them. That that person's never had a leadership role in the church. He doesn't know what that person's talking about. Never had any affiliations with this person. And then Carl is sent on the press tour to talk about their stance on love and they have conversations about everything else. And the congregant who was ousted from the damn church kicked off the praise and worship team. He says that the stance really is Come as you are, and then
1: we'll change you. At the heart of it. You know? And I find this, this documentary is very great, because I hate when, like, the documentarian
0: puts themselves in the documentary. It's just like, girl, this ain't about you. But I love that they have Carl. They have all these clips of Carl. They have all these clips of Carl. these clips of Carl. And you're like, oh, he's not going to be in it. No, 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 no. Carl and his wife, Laura, are both interviewing for the documentary. There is one thing that I immediately understood when we see present-day Carl and present-day Laura. And that is that, and this is my opinion, as Tamara Barney would say, it's my opinion. that they really did think they were getting not they really did think that they were getting into something good but also at the heart of them both their intentions were always to do the good shit right they didn't want to go to uni and get trashed they wanted to make their parents proud and go out into the world and quote unquote help people like i really do think they did and i think a lot of what we start to see Carl's actual personality bubble up versus Carl as a puppet for Brian Houston is when it comes to the black lives matter stuff, because Carl, he just couldn't help himself. He had to say, because we learned that Hillsong, obviously it's New York city. The Hillsong congregation in New York city was extremely diverse. Now the people up in front who was running the business and running the show, they was all white predominantly men letting the white ladies come up and do a little secondary subservient work you know pray over the tithes and offerings preach at the women's ministry meetings but never really in the leadership role but hello duh white evangelicals and I think that a lot of the issue with these institutions being broken down is that a lot of y'all your sweet grandma's a part of that and it just makes you, they, their heart's in the right place. No, baby. Their heart is not in the right place at all. Carl starts to speak about Black Lives Matter and it, he really describes it in like a very, like, duh. He's like, yeah. And he's preaching this at church. Of course, all lives matter, but it's okay to say that Black Lives Matter. That's fine. It's not going to take anything away from me. Duh. What kind of evil do you have to be? And you really start to see that this really is an evangelical church. This really is a Pentecostal at the heart of it space. And they interview Crystal Rose, who was a black congregate in Kansas City Hillsong. And she tells this horrifying story about how she was used in all the promos, every news opportunity they had, to use her they would she was singing performing and then another congregant who spoke out about racial injustices within the church was asked to leave and she associated herself with that person tell me why y'all child she showed up to the church now this is what she says of course the church denied all of this she shows up to the church after being demoted from the praise scene, she's, th- she's asked not to sing anymore. She doesn't really read too much into it. She's like, whatever, I'll just still be there at the church. Maybe they need to make-, to make room for other people. They brought the police to tell her that she had to leave, y'all. And that if she did not leave, they were going to arrest her. In Kansas City, let me tell you something about white people weaponizing the police. First of all, if y'all don't understand the culture of cops in this country... We didn't even have the popo until slavery was abolished. Because they wanted to, they wanted y'all to go get their
1: fugitives from up a yonder in freedom. Chow. The church disputes all the claims.
0: It, it it shit starts to unravel. This is where this, this is where the shit starts to unravel. Because I was like, oh, what I had heard about Hillsong is that like the pastor was a cheater i like, whatever, baby, baby, baby. In the fall of 2017, shit really starts to hit the fan. Sexual misconduct claims by a staff member start to go around within the church and the rumors start to spiral. The congregants are asking people to be held accountable. And the church obviously responds with some bullshit. So there's five people, they call themselves the five, which I'm obsessed with. They call themselves The Five. They compile a call to action. And they address Carl and they address the church leaders. And they basically say to them, I mean, and they read it out. They basically say to them, we don't want to be like all these other churches who have fallen to such catastrophic lows in the face of scandal. You guys have an opportunity to fix this. Why don't we just take accountability for what's going on and fix it? They even pull Carl privately into a meeting. They talk about Black Lives Matter. They talk about the fact that every single person who's leading is white. They talk about how staff members feel unsafe,
1: how staff members are being sexually assaulted. And the church. Says, okay. We'll, we'll we'll pray about it. We'll pray about it. Carl says he's going to try to
0: make his, you know, he's going to try his best to get things different. And they say that they see some changes right away, right? They see some more people of color, you know, presenting in leadership roles. Because Carl makes this really dumbass statement that. He's organic and that replacing certain people because of the color of their skin isn't fair. And there's a civil rights social justice attorney who's in the congregation who is black and is at this meeting. And he says, yeah, well, you know what? The situation that we're in now was also not organic. It was systemic and intentional. So what you need to do is be intentional about changing this. Child, they said within five months or within six months after this meeting, none of those five people were still members there. And one of the women who's a part of the five, she is reading the letter that they compiled as a call to action to the leaders of the church, and she's in tears. She's so sad because y'all, I'm sure a lot of y'all out there don't believe in shit. (laughs) Y'all believe in Beyonce's hair weed, and that's about it. And that's fine to each his own. But those of you who do believe, you. Can, can nobody tell you nothing about what keeps you going and what, what makes you wake up every morning and what keeps what, a smile on your face and keeps you inspired and faith in holding on through the hard times. No one can shake that for you. So imagine being a part of something like this and it is the thing that saves you.
1: And these motherfuckers play in your motherfucking face like this? So we already know what type of man Brian Houston is.
0: We already know what type of man Brian Houston is, chow. But in the fall of 2020, Brian Houston abruptly announces on the internet that he has fired Carl. Carl makes a statement on his Instagram that he's not going to be a part of Hillsong anymore. No mention of the details of what he's done. He just says that he has been untrue in his marriage. And the church says that he's had some moral failures. Which just lets you know it's an iceberg thing. Then all of a sudden, a mistress appears. She's doing the circuits, honey, and she's hot. She's a sexy
1: girl. She's tatted up. She's brown, sexy, spicy. And she's not
0: really slandering Carl as much as she's definitely collecting the coins for the media circus. Just being like, yeah, well, we did have an affair. She didn't know that he was married. She didn't know. He had forbidden her from, like, she's like, don't Google him. Don't Google me. And honestly, y'all, the internet today is a lot different than it was then. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have Instagram for the first three years that it was on. Because, you know, it just wasn't, like, social media wasn't the
1: thing that it was right now. So she starts talking. She starts talking. Then.
0: Dun, dun, dun. With Carl's... See, here's the thing that we learn. Once one thing starts happening, it's only a a fucking trickle-down effect of when all the shit's gonna hit the fan, mama. Maria. And it's like, it's not that people have perfect lives, but when you live in this... When you live in this world where you are bitterly judgmental and you are course correcting everyone's way of life right because you're not just inspiring people you're telling people how to live you're you are defining what it means to be a good person and carl is having a hard time living up to those expectations and preaching seven services a sunday and you know being a husband and having two kids and you know but we pivot off him because we thought we thought this was gonna be about carl Lentz. Baby! No, Hillsong is full of of dark-sided drama.
1: One of the lead pastors at Hillsong is accused of raping someone, sexually assaulting her.
0: He goes out to his Instagram, no mention of this woman's claims. No mention of the fact that they handle it out of court, meaning he, look, I don't know, allegedly. He he takes a step down. Brian in Houston covers it all up. He goes on the Today Show to talk shit about Carl. And, you know, Carl goes into hiding after that. He No one can find him. Amy is super embarrassed. Like, she's devastated this pa- this other pastor on the other hand this is what enrages me because this other pastor is accused of sexual misconduct to the, to me I had to throw the r word in there because it's the highest like you can't I don't want it to be vague it wasn't that he slapped somebody on the booty like he assaulted someone and the church covered it up and they allowed him To take a step down. They allowed that woman to endure trauma. And convinced her to not make it a bigger deal than it had to be. Which we know that churches do all the time. And so for me, this is when we start to see what this church really is about.
1: And what the church in our country is really about. It's some bullshit. The final shot of the documentary is Carl Lentz in present
0: day with much longer hair, might I add you. And he's going to sit down. He's going
1: to chit-chat. He's going to talk to us. Okay? He's going to let us know what's going on. And
0: I find that to be kind of admirable just because it's like, listen... If you don't want people talking shit about you, come out here and defend yourself. Because I can tell you one person who wouldn't make a comment wouldn't be interviewed. Brian Houston. Bobby Houston. That lead pastor, I don't want to say his name, who allegedly sexually assaulted somebody. Hillsong Church in Kansas City, who has since changed their name. No, none of those motherfuckers will make statements and will make comments. Let me give y'all some real tea and some real word from the Bible since y'all want to interpret shit fucking literally. In the end days, which they have been saying have been the end days for the last thousand years, there will be false prophets. Keep y'all motherfucking eyes open. Anytime people run a church and they get picked up in a Bentley and the congregation is pulling off in a pinto, something is not right. They're begging you every week for the building fund to throw your last $15 that you can't even go down to the KFC and get a box of chicken for you
1: and your family. But, ne- but they, they still haven't broke ground since 2001. Oh, well, we, you know,
0: I remember, I will never forget being at, at Salem. We were supposed to break ground on our new mega church and we're raising money, we're raising money, we're raising money. And I literally said to my mom at one point, I was like, we already met that goal. It's already been met. She was like, "Mm," she didn't want to say nothing about it. Because when your damn kids are coming up to you, being like, you realize that we're being scammed? And the reason why it's so frustrating, and this is specifically for my black community, because we will avoid going to the therapist. We will avoid going to the doctor. We will avoid going to an accountant. We will avoid going to a lawyer because we will run over to the church and let the pastor tell us everything.
1: These pastors are people. They are human beings,
0: especially us new age, even not even new age, just Christian, Baptist Christians. This is why we don't go to confession. why we're not Catholic. There's no, God can speak to you. And and, and if you, if you open your ears, you will hear from the Lord and not like one of them demon ghosts. I'll be watching on TV. Stop being so stupid. (laughs) I feel so many people with good intentions and good hearts who truly need to be lifted up and embraced by the love of Christ, the meaning of that, right? And I'm not saying it's just Christian. There's been so many organizations that have corrupt people in it. It's not It's not that, and it's not that they can't exist, but I'm just saying when y'all have these mega churches and the pastor is flying on a jet from one service to the next, but you got people in the congregation who cannot pay their light bill. Is that the purpose of church? Is that the point? Y'all not paying taxes. Nobody in your congregation who has paid tithes in the last calendar year should have to worry about a motherfucking thing. When the kids go off to school, y'all need to be making sure they got tuition. Books at least. A meal plan. That's the point. This is why y'all be getting criticized. And then y'all want to conflate church and state.
1: It's a hot mess. Y'all do too much. What is this, honey? What is this? Now, I have watched
0: further episodes. Next week, we'll be coming out with episode two recap of The Secrets of Hillsong. You get to see a lot more of Carl and Laura, their journey with the infidelities, what the infidelities actually were, because we know that this is very vague. What's a moral failure? Untrue out of of my marriage. What the fuck? Where are the celebrities? Where are the drag queens? So we get into a little bit more of the really heartbreaking sad stuff, which is some of it's kind of funny to me. Not because it is sad and heartbreaking, but it's it's interesting to see. And I have had to go through this in my personal life. I, I'm i a hard-headed kind of bitch. Like, I have to learn things the hard way. So a lot of my experiences have been quite humbling. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up, sit your ass down. Humbling. You know what I'm saying? I, I say one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing for two and a half years, and then I get slapped in the face with the complete opposite because we don't really know we don't know our heart will lead us in the right place. And what we have to understand is that you have to be an individual and you have to go where, where your heart leads you. Not just follow the masses and be like, oh, well, that person's life looks like something. So I kind of want to be a part of that. Or, you know, I'm in a, a moment of deep despair, agony, doom. So I'm going to let this other person tell me how to live. No. No, 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 no. And my biggest piece of advice for all the girls working, for all the girls listening, for all the girls volunteering, you give them 10 hours of volunteer time. That's all you give them. You do not work
1: for free. (laughs) The pastor got a salary. If God wants the pastor to get paid, God wants you to get paid
0: for helping the people. For turning on the lights at the end of the night. For being the sound engineer. For being the youth pastor, for being, you know, I don't get the hierarchy in the church of the Lord. Y'all got to do better. Y'all have to do better in 2023. and Y'all have to stop. You have to stop insulting our intelligentsia. Stop it. There's too much information out there for y'all to think that people are just that damn stupid. And for you to take advantage of their emotions and their feelings. It's a hot mess. I can't think of anything that could be worse. It's breaking people's hearts and, and their wallets and their spirit and their mind in the name of the Lord and, and overlooking, you know. But listen, hey, to each his own, only God can judge me and only God can judge you. So just make sure that your side of the street is clean, so that we don't have to have the secrets of your life up here on the podcast. Okay. Y'all can listen. Let me tell you something about me. I don't have no secrets that I'm not afraid to own. So feel free to dig, heffa. You're going to find out I was helping bitches out here. That's what you're going to find out. That's what you're going to find out. I love you guys. I really hope you enjoyed part one of the Secrets of Hillsong on Hulu. My name is Brandon. I am always going to be your host here. It was lovely to chat and be with you guys one-on-one. Don't be afraid to rate me five stars and to give me a lovely review Please go on over to Instagram and find me at What Is This Honey Podcast. Once again, that is What Is This Honey Podcast on Instagram, and I'll see you later.